You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Welcome into another episode of Panthers on Tap. It is smoke screen season. We got condos requested left and right. We got coaches playing horse with players. There's a lot going on with the Carolina Panthers right now, and it is an exciting time. It Everyone, every Panthers fan on Twitter is invested in this stuff. Bryson, I'm excited to get to talking tonight. How are you doing today? I'm good, and yes, you are correct. It is smokescreen season, and uh, Carolina uh, wants people to think that they are seriously considering every single quarterback in the draft, number one overall, from Bryce Young to Tanner McKee, it feels like. So uh, I am excited to to talk about what's happened since the last time we got on here and kind of get into these rumors. Yeah, and we're going to break down some of Scott Fitterer and Frank Reich's press conferences, um, and then a little tease for later. A very big name retweeted us on Twitter tonight. Pretty, um, I mean, I would call him a celebrity, a big star in the NFL. Everyone knows him. He's been name-dropped by Aaron Rodgers. And he recognized us tonight. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Still really on cloud nine. I remember I got, I, Bryson, you texted me. We'll talk about it later. We won't get into it now. But anyway, that is coming up. But let's talk about Scott Fitterer first. They both, both him and Frank Wright held press conferences early this week. And then we'll obviously get to CJ Stroud's pro day as well. We'll start with the trade. Scott, Scott was up first and he talked about the trade-up to number one with Chicago. And it sounded like this transpired over the combine um, between both teams numerous times and then kind of trailed into the week following. And obviously then the deal was made. And, you know, Scott basically said that it was a tough decision, but they had to get rid of DJ Moore to make it happen. And he, I think he made it pretty clear that it was a hard decision to make for this team, but a necessary one for them to go up to get the quarterback. Uh, just wanted to get your take on the the trade up uh, from what Scott mentioned. Yeah, you know, I think it was something that a lot of Carolina Panther fans, I know us included, were were hoping the team did. And and Scott Fitter really stayed true to his word and and said. Uh, or followed through on the if you have conviction, go up and get the guy or conviction on a couple of guys allegedly that Carolina has. Um, so I, you know, I thought he answered questions well. Uh, I don't know if you saw the report from I think it was a, a Twitter account named NFL Notification that said uh, <clears throat> that Ryan Poles gave um, Scott Fitterer a uh, a choice really between JC Horn, Brian Burns and DJ Moore. And he said, send me any of those three players and, and the deal's done. And uh, Scott Fitterer chose DJ Moore. So, which I think is probably the the best of the three to send um, compared to uh, how easy it is to replace each position. Uh, I think DJ Moore was the correct one. 
And again, I don't know how accurate that report is, but it did seem like it was pretty legit. So, uh, yeah, I did not hear that. I didn't see that one. Yeah. So I, I think, um, I, I personally don't think they overpaid. I think, you know, if this quarterback turns out to be the franchise quarterback, this was a trade that is going to look good in a couple of years. And I, I truly do believe that. And, uh, with all the signings that, you know, we'll get into and, I think they're they're building a contender, uh, especially for the NFC South and definitely for the playoffs, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought it was um, – I'm sure you've seen this, but DJ Moore was on Adam Schefter's podcast, I think it was yesterday, and he he was asked about how, how did he hear about the trade. And what's crazy about it all is he said he was moving. He was packing up some things and moving, and he got a call from Scott Fitterer. And then he also got a call right after from the Panthers owners. And then a little bit after that from the bears. And he said it was a whirlwind emotions of shock and never saw it coming and never even thought it was possible to excitement going to a new team. And, you know, with Justin Fields, a whole new organization, you know, just the, the history behind the bears. And I just thought it was, I, he, he has said it, and I've seen it with Christian McCaffrey's interview, just the whirlwind those guys go through. And when they first get the real taste of the business side of things, you know, the teams love you, love you, love you. And then all of a sudden, bam, in a day, it changes. So I thought that was a really good interview. And just to get his perspective on how it went down and just the roller coaster of emotions that you get from it. Um Scott also brought this up, and this is a famous line he's talked about at the Combine, is if if you move up, you better have conviction on a guy. And um, he mentioned, and I took, I thought this was very interesting, and I mean, I think this is obvious to many, but not to all that. You know, Scott said, you're not going to make a move like that without it pretty much being cemented. Yeah. So clearly, they moved up for a guy. Not saying that can't change because it's from based off reporting, the 49ers seemed like they were locked in on Mac Jones all the way up really until draft day. And then it was Trey Lance. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure they said it was Trey Lance all along, but through reporting, it was believed that Mac Jones was going to be going at three. So obviously that can change and you can probably put it, narrow it down to the, you know, the top two guys that we believe and that's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, but you know, there are reports out there, and we'll get to this in a little bit about Thomas Davis and Anthony Richardson. So I just thought that was telling and worth noting because, you know, a lot of people are wondering what what are they going to do at one. Yeah, um, and I thought uh, I thought that that comment was interesting as well. And then directly after he he mentioned it, uh, he said he, he said something of the of the nature that, you know, it, with it pretty much cemented, but. Uh, that can change. We're, we're going to go through the, uh, the, the due process and, and look at every quarterback, um, uh, which I, you know, that's just them continuing to smoke screen and, and say that they don't have their guy, uh, picked out, which uh, I just don't believe at this point. I think that they pretty much have their minds made up, uh, on a guy. And I just, I just don't believe they're still going through the process 30 days out, 30, 40 days out from the draft. And, um, don't know who they want yet. So, uh, of course, they're going to continue to to look at everyone and do their research and interview and go to dinner with them. But I think as a collective, they know who they're going to take right now. And, you know, maybe it can change, but I just I just find it hard to believe. 
Yeah, and moving out of that pick because you know that that comes with the smoke screening. You see the reports Carolina is willing, you know, has has an eye on a couple quarterbacks, and they we would be willing to do a trade down to recoup some of the picks they gave to the Bears. Scott was asked if anyone has reached out for the number one pick, and he made it clear no one has done so yet. And I don't, I don't think there would be a rush for that right now anyway. If that were to happen, which I don't see is, ha- I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's likely at all. Mm-mm. But I feel like that would happen way. I mean, that would probably happen like week of draft. I don't see that happening before. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just I can't see that. Um, I pulled this quote from Scott's presser and put it out on Twitter because I thought this was the most telling thing in that press conference. Disregarding what happened today, because we'll get into that. But Scott Fitter said he was asked, "What are what is him and Reich, and what is the Panthers looking for in a franchise quarterback?" Also, hats off to David Newton. I know a lot of people like to harp on him, but harp on him. But he was the one who got the most interesting questions and answers from both press conferences because he pressed them both on the QB and the Russell Wilson question and his size in comparison to Bryce Young. But anyway. Fitterer said, obviously, it comes down to leadership, guys that can process quickly, accuracy, someone who can run the team, get you in and out of plays. It's not just about making throws. It's about managing the game at the line of scrimmage. It's also about doing all the little things right during the week. For me, and I know there's differencing opinions on this, this screams Bryce Young, like, to a T. And... It goes back, I think it was a Nick Saban interview on a podcast where he talked about Bryce Young's preparation during the week and how they would go in and on Saturday, Bryce Young would, you know, come in or what day, I can't remember what day of the week, but he'd come in and, you know, this is what I see and they would make adjustments in the game plan based off of what, you know, his study was for that week. And that was, I mean, that for me and both of us being young guys, that was I was like, damn, this is this is what you like to hear because that's exactly what it sounded like to me. Yeah, when you're and I agree. I think I think that uh, comment screams Bryce Young to me as well. Um, <clears throat> you know, people like to mention about when comparing Bryce Young and CJ Stroud is Bryce Young has the average arm strength and CJ Stroud has the the better and and can make any throw so when Scott Federer mentions something like that it just it makes me think Bryce Young but um of course hearing comments like that from from Nick Saban who's who's coached a lot of good quarterbacks and one was just in the Super Bowl and Jalen Hurts so that that's good that's good to hear Uh, I don't think Nick Saban is a is a guy or a coach that's going to bullshit his way through getting somebody drafted uh that he he doesn't feel can be a, a good NFL player um but uh and I think another interesting point about Bryce Young is I think it, it came out a couple days after the NFL combine is that teams were showing him defenses that he's never seen before and he was answering the question he was he he knew where to go when to go there like teams were extremely impressed with his ability to know defenses that he has played against in some schemes he's never seen before. And he was, he was blowing everybody out of the water um, in in interviews and just really impressed um, with his knowledge of football. So I think, like you said, it it really just screams Bryce young. And um, I hope we're not wrong, but you know, there, there, there's some stuff that came out today where possibly we are. So. 
Yeah, another thing, this is just going along the lines of the conversation about Bryce Young's um, makeup, physical makeup, and Scott said this as well, which I thought was interesting. Again, could he be smokescreened a little bit? Maybe. Maybe they're trying to get Houston to try to trade up, but he said Frank has never put out that a guy needs to be this tall or his hands need to be this big. So... Again, I know everyone wants to say, you know, you look at history and it doesn't lie. You know, Frank Reich's quarterbacks are 6'3", 6'4", I think 6'4 and up, if that's correct. 6'4 and up in Indianapolis. Granted, he never drafted a quarterback. Um, So that kind of knocks that down a little bit. Everyone, you know, he needs that big quarterback. And then even on the flip side of that, Frank Reich came out. And had a very interesting comment that I wanted to get your take on because we have not talked about this. And um, it was, again, David Newton asking about Russell Wilson and his size. And Frank Reich, you know, kind of chuckled and said, you know, I had a high grade on Russell Wilson. And but don't read into that and don't read into that. And then he chuckled. You don't just come out and say that out of nowhere. Like yeah. that didn't need to be said. Like he came out and said that voluntarily, which was, I thought was just interesting in itself. Like you don't come out just out of the blue nowhere. I mean, it was, it, it didn't have to, he didn't have to do it. He was voluntarily giving out that information. So I just wanted, I don't, I want to know what your reaction to that was when you heard it. Yeah, and I, I think um, Scott Fitter is not a good smokescreen guy. I think that he is kind of, to me, in my opinion, it's easier to tell when he's getting caught up and like trying to get you this way one way. But I think Frank Reich is a very good smokescreen guy. And I don't know if he volunteered that information to to like with something in mind or if he, you know, let it slip in the interview like, that he you know he liked Russell Wilson and you know maybe he likes Bryce Young but um I couldn't tell either way uh with with Reich uh he's he's so I guess like monotone just so calm like it's it's hard to he doesn't really stutter he doesn't get caught up he he's just so chill with it and um yeah I think that information was was interesting but again I don't know if it was him putting it in there on, pur- on purpose, trying to get tex- the Texans to bite on maybe he does like Bryce Young and it's and it's not getting out, or um, or if he really does and and the Carolina is genuinely interested. And in his comment there, he said something. I'm trying to like work this all in my head. I, I mean, obviously, I'm trying to get any damn clue I can about who they're going to draft. But he said something too at the end, like reverse psychology, which. I don't know if that means like if you really think about it, is that like saying that he wants people to believe that he's open to a short quarterback or that like, I don't know, I can't wrap it in my head because it's it. I was trying to piece it all together yesterday. Yeah. And I just can't. But <laughs> he made that little comment as well in there. And then I was like, wait, is he trying to like, did he just spill something? He doesn't even know it. But again, another comment that I thought was worth discussing he also had the kfc the kentucky fried chicken recipe (laughs) to joe person's question about you know i think it was like 
I think he asked them, well, how do you rank the traits? Like, how do you rank, like, if you have 10 ca- categories on a position of height and, you know, strength and toughness and accuracy and poise and whatever else, how do you rank them? And he's like, well, basically I can't, this is like giving away the Kentucky fried chicken recipe. So again, <laughs> just thought it was some colorful moments, I think, by both of those guys that, in a sense, and, and I don't know, it's it's hard to tell with Frank Wright because we haven't been around him as much, but Scott Fitterer typically drops hints in his press conferences. And I think the biggest one for me was the one we were just talking about, about the what they, what they want in a franchise quarterback. Because I think some of those little telltale signs we'll, we'll find out in April if, you know, some of that stuff comes to fruition. Another thing... Scott talked about, and I think it's worth mentioning, was Shaq Thompson and how unselfish he was to come back and how that kind of played out for the team and for Shaq. Because, you know, from the sounds of it, it almost looked like, you know, he was not going to be on this team. And then all of a sudden, here's a deal, and it's a very team-friendly deal. And we finally got the contract numbers on it, and those, those numbers are pretty low. Yeah, I mean, he, he saved the team, I think, about $10 million in cap space, which would be the ballpark amount to sign the entire rookie class from the draft. So I think that was something that was invaluable to this team and, and to the locker room. Um, really shows how much of a leader that Shaq is on and off the field for this roster and, and for this team. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad he's sticking around. He, he did have a good season last season, so hopefully he can build off of that and continue to uh, to lead this defense. And under Evero, hopefully he he shows improvements in, in the 3-4 and um, reaches new heights that he hasn't reached up to this point in his career. Yeah, some other quick tidbits about this the pressers. It sounds like Panthers are looking for an inside linebacker from the sounds of it. Um, Scott Fitter mentioned that as something they might target in the draft. Um, they also mentioned... Obviously, another, you know, uh, a receiver that can take the top off the defense is a speed guy. That might be DJ Chark coming up here. We'll see. Um, But, you know, that's another thing to look forward to for the draft. I think they mentioned pass rusher as well, big D linemen. So some of the things you can kind of look for in the draft. And then kind of circling back to Russell Wilson comment, this was made towards the end of a Scott Fitter, which... Again, as you can tell, I'm really open they draft Bryce Young, but he did say this. He he mentioned Russell Wilson never had bat balls batted down in college, and he had six four, six five Wisconsin offense alignment, and it was able to move and slide and find passing lanes, and he could still rip it. And this is again, Bryce Young does this. Like this hasn't been a major issue for him in college. We, you know, I know we've, we've seen the, we get nightmares when we're thinking about short quarterbacks with Baker Mayfield and all the batted passes we saw last year. But I threw it out on Twitter the other day, Bryce Young had nine batted passes in 30 games in college football over two seasons. And I think his first year he had like, it might've been, I'd have to go back, but I think the number was higher in his first year. And then it was down to two this year or two or three or something like that. So, and then across the board, it was pretty comparable. The rest, I think CJ Stroud had the least, it might've been Anthony Richardson. It was one of those guys, but again, Anthony Richardson only played 13 games. So it's hard to really compare him. And 
Yeah. But anyway, so again, that again made me think of Brett Bryce Young again because he he does a nice job in the pocket, finding those throwing lanes, changing his arm angle, and whatever he has to do to make it happen. So, just another thing. I think that's enough. Do you have anything else to add from their press conferences at all? No. Okay, let's move on. We'll talk about we'll talk about uh, Thomas Davis, and then we'll go into Stroud and what happened today. But Thomas Davis. Dropping bombs last night, freaking everyone out on Twitter. Everyone out on Twitter. So Thomas Davis, he was on NFL Network. They were talking, and Daniel Jeremiah was going through his latest mock draft, who he has the Panthers taking, Bryce Young at one. And Thomas Davis said, you know, I think whoever they take is going to be a big surprise. And basically he's heard two or three top guys within the organization view very highly of Anthony Richardson and he could see them, him being the pick Bryson thoughts. What are you thinking on this? Yeah. yeah. And if you listen prior, he, he agrees with Daniel Jeremiah saying that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in the draft. And he thinks that's who Carolina should take, but he has heard that Anthony Richardson, blah, blah, blah is liked um, by a couple of people in, in uh, you know, top of the Panthers locker room or, or whatever he said. So, uh, you know, I, I asked the question, who does Thomas Davis still have connections to on, on this coaching staff and in this front office? Uh, you know, I think the only guy that he probably does have connections to is is the owner, David Tepper, you know, being that he's been around the team for a while. Uh, I don't think much, you know, many people in this coaching staff were, I don't think really any were around when he was around and uh, the front office. I mean, maybe he talks to Dan Morgan. Uh, I just, I really don't know, you know, who he would have connections to. And also if he did, why he would be saying that on NFL network. Uh, I just, I, I don't buy that at all. I think that it was planted uh, for, for smokescreen reasons. Um, if Carolina traded up to one to draft a project quarterback with the roster that they're assembling, it really just, it wouldn't make any sense. I think, wholeheartedly they could have stayed at nine and and got Anthony Richardson at nine. I just don't think he's he's going in the top ten. Uh so I'm I'm just I think if some other universe, if Anthony Richardson did go on, um I would be very upset, but I would still support him in Carolina. Um I would still hope that he turns out to be the best quarterback out of the draft and so forth. But I think if you're looking for a quarterback that's going to come in and and be a starter day one and has the best possibility to be the best quarterback out of this draft. Uh, you know, we both agree it's Bryce Young. And and I think one B is, is CJ Stroud. And I think that's pretty common, commonplace thought amongst the league and, and NFL fans and NFL uh, scouts and everything. So, um, you know, maybe they do take a big swing and go for Anthony Richardson, but I'm hoping they don't. Yeah. I'm not buying it, man. I, I just I'm not buying it. I I think I don't know if they could have gotten him at nine. I think it would have. I think it still would have needed a trade up with all the teams in front of them, like Seattle and the Raiders, and even the Detroit Lions with a flyer. And you could even throw in the Atlanta Falcons in there as well of taking you know a roll of the dice on them. But I don't think you need to go up to one to get them because I don't think. 
the Texans are looking at him. I mean, all signs right now point are pointing to Bryce Young for them if the Panthers don't take him. So that have a hard time believing. And then Scott Fitter even said on Monday that, and this was something we haven't even mentioned, that when he's looking, or he said you'd like to get two to three years of tape on a guy. He said that on Monday. And that, um, I mean, Anthony Richardson only has 13 games to look at. And you would like, and for them to move up to number one pick, when you move up to number one pick, you're not sitting that guy. I mean, that guy's starting week one. It's just, they're, I, I can't, I, I mean, it, it would be a massive risk. It really would. It high, you know, high risk, high reward. Uh, I mean, he does have the most potential probably out of any of these prospects, but his floor is also, I mean, it could be, it could be a really risky take. So, and, and, and I think it's important uh, to, to know, well, you know, first of all, I don't think they signed Andy Dalton for him to start day one in Carolina. So I don't think that that's the situation there. Also, if you listen back to the Will Kunkel episode, he stated Carolina is not interested in Anthony Richardson at one. I trust these sources more than I trust Thomas Davis on NFL Network. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, and I think Will's exact words were they're not enamored with him. So take that for what you will. The one interesting thing, and I will say this about Thomas Davis and his Thomas Davis this past weekend spoke at Jerry Richardson's celebration of life and the entire Panthers brass was there. So I don't know if something was shared during that time or what. And again, God rest Jerry Richardson's soul. soul. But I just want to say Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis was there this weekend, and and uh, there was Frank Reich was there, and I'm sure Scott Fitter was there, and David Tepper, and everyone else. So, just something to note and take that, put that in your back pocket. So, that is out there. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. We're in the Sweet 16 of the men's basketball tournament. I'm going to intrigued by this matchup, Gonzaga at UCLA. I got Gonzaga winning it all in my bracket. So that's the game I will be tuned in tomorrow. There's a lot of big upsets over this tournament. A lot of people's brackets are busted. So, again, that matchup for tomorrow night will be Gonzaga-UCLA, 945. Should be a good one. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Let's move on to today because things blew up today with the Carolina Panthers and C.J. Stroud. If you haven't heard by now, they sent literally everything to <laughs> Ohio today to go watch C.J. Stroud throw at his pro day. And I, I'm, when I mean everyone, there was 14 people. I'm trying to find the tweet to tell you who the hell was all there, but it was David Tepper, Nicole Tepper, Scott Fitter, Dan Morgan, Samir Suleiman, Frank Reich, Frank Reich Thomas, Thomas Brown, Brown, Josh McCown, 
uh, the, the area scout, the national well, scout, yeah, and then those couple scouts. So pretty much everyone on the offensive side of the ball and high up in the organization, and and they went to just, dinner and they went to dinner the night yes. prior with C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba. That was interesting. Uh, that oh, they were I didn't both know there. he came with. Yes, they were both there. So if they get both, that would be crazy if they got both. That's like, okay. But anyway, let's focus on the, the the pro day itself, and then we'll get into the extracurriculars after. What did you think of his pro day from what you've seen? I, did you get you got to see it, right? Uh, I, I didn't get to pieces. see. Yeah, I got to see bits and pieces. I didn't watch okay. the full thing. Uh, but uh, you know, I thought I thought he looked good for the most part. It seems like. He missed some throws to the left. Uh, that was his biggest, I guess, not so great part of his pro day. But I mean, for the most part, he was pretty spot on. Really good throws, uh, just so smooth. And I mean, he, there's really nothing he struggles with. Uh, and that's the, I mean, that's the biggest thing with CJ Stroud is that he's just so good at at doing the easy things and and making it look easy. And doing the hard things and making it look easy. So I, I I think you know he just really reaffirmed that today and um and just showed the touch that he has. Um, his his throwing motion is just so pretty. I think the biggest thing for me with C.J. Stroud is is what is his ceiling in the NFL. I I you know I've said before on Twitter uh, that I feel like he could be Joe Burrow, and I think that is his ultimate ceiling. But I think. That's just like you know him being the best ultimate potential that he has in the NFL, and uh, I, I think you know CJ Stroud is a is going to be a, a good quarterback. I just I'm just kind of questioning how good at this point. Yeah, you've said a lot of it. I watched I watched all the throws. Um, he struggled to his left, throwing to his left. I think that is a weakness. That's something that I think he's trying to work on. And that'll be, need to be cleaned up. But when he was rolling to his left and throwing, he airmailed a couple of them. I think Joe, I'm looking at Joe Purse's tweet. He said he was 44 of 51. He had two drops and five incompletions, all of which came when he was throwing to his left. So that's something he's going to need to work on at the next level when, you know, he's, you know, when the, you know, blitz comes and he's taken out of the pocket. Uh, but overall, I, again, he looked good. He had some beautiful throws deep, uh, a lot of throws, you know, mid-level on a rope, all the short ones he made them, put touch on them, wasn't, you know, ca- rocketing them in there like, you know, the old Cam Newton throwing a five-yard out and he takes the guy's head off. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, he looked – I mean, he looked good. And just watching the body language of the coaches. I mean, David Tepper, Scott Fitter, front and center, Josh McCown and Frank Reich were attached at the hip right behind, right to the right of them. You know, Frank Reich, he's pulling out his, I didn't know if it was a flip phone or not. No, it it wasn't a flip phone. (laughs) I'm just trying to make fun of him, but he had his camera out taking pictures or videos or whatever. So yeah, definitely again, just seeing Frank Reich's interactions with Stroud. I mean, the guy was literally biggest smile I've ever seen. I mean, he's only been here a couple months, but he definitely looked very excited to be around CJ Stroud. That is very clear. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that was, that was oozing through the TV screen uh, for sure. Uh, that, you know, 
he has uh, some some googly eyes for CJ Stroud, and you know it, it really makes me wonder. You know, we've all, we've all heard the reports. Uh, you know, Reich has his his prototypical quarterback, and uh, CJ Stroud definitely fits that for Reich, and and I think it's it, it's it's becoming more and more clear to me. Um, well, I, I won't say clear. It's becoming more and more, I guess, in picture to me that. Uh, maybe Reich likes C.J. Stroud and Scott Fitterer likes Bryce Young, and that's the 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 battle going on right now. And I think in Reich's uh, original press conference, like an uh, introductory one, he 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 stated that um, Scott Fitterer has final say over the roster. So I'm, I'm hoping Scott Fitterer flexes that, and that if that's the situation. Yeah, and then let's go to let's go to the tweet that we kind of teased at the top of the show. So there was video out there of it was Frank Reich, Jim Caldwell, David Tepper steps in later, and then Josh McCown. Josh McCown, we all know we've seen the underground video and him, you know, talking and breaking down tape on Stroud compared on the borough. And I put out the video. <laughs> I want to know what you heard, Bryson. I put out. I thought I heard maybe when you live in Charlotte, we'll find a court. They were talking about a horse, a pickup game, a horse. And Stroud said, hey, we got some basketball courts out here. Let's settle this to Josh McCown. Josh McCown kind of shook his hand, pulled him in tight, and they were talking. And then he's like, what I heard was maybe when you live in Charlotte, we'll find a court. Well, that set, that got sent off. It took off. And then Ian Rappaport, yes, the Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, quoted our tweet and – I lost my mind. Bryson texted me. I was driving on the way home and I looked at my phone and I was actually talking to my dad on the drive home. And I think you said Ian Rappaport and then, or you said dude. And then Ian Rappaport, I'm like, what the hell happened? I thought the Panthers signed shark. I really did. That's all I thought. And so I'm, I mean, I shouldn't have been doing this, but I checked my phone and I see that he quote tweeted us. I was like, holy shit. So I was I was freaking out. That was massive. But what did I guess? What's your reaction to that? And what did you hear on the video? I've replayed this thing many times. Yeah, I, you know when when I saw it, uh, I have his uh, notifications on. So anytime he tweets, I get a notification about it. So I, I saw he, him tweet the ear emojis. So I clicked it immediately, and then I saw the Panthers on Tap Twitter account, and I I lost my mind. I was like, wh- I was driving as well. So I, I saw the ear. I clicked it. I know I shouldn't be doing it, but. It's it's free agency and I don't want to miss anything. So I clicked it and then I saw the Panthers on tap and I was driving beside my wife and I was like, oh, my God, Ian Rappaport just retweeted us. But, yeah, I thought it was awesome, man. I You know, I, there were a couple other accounts that kind of took the video from uh, the original video from I think it's Nick Carboni that had it and uh, and then took what you had put on the post and kind of made it look like that they are the ones that. Uh, heard, heard that in quotations, but uh, I, I called a couple of them out and instead of doing what Ian Rappaport did, where he quote tweeted our video and gave us some notoriety, which I really appreciate. And I think that's awesome of him. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I'm not sure if I hear exactly what you're hearing. Uh, I, I've tried. I've listened to it probably 50 times and uh, I definitely hear Charlotte. I hear him say Charlotte. I don't know if he if he says when you come to Charlotte or when you live in Charlotte, because he's, he's going to come to Charlotte for a, uh, a 30 visit. So he's going to be in Charlotte. 
So well, I, yeah, I and know. that was kind of spilled too a little bit because I and I was trying to make that out. He says something to Frank Reich in the video, and I someone had heard April thirteenth, so he might become an April thirteenth. So maybe we stand outside of Bank of America Stadium, waiting for that uh, limousine to come or whatever Lamborghini he's driving in down down the yeah. on the Min Street. But I so that was in that like before that conversation, but. I heard what I heard, so I'm going <laughs> to stand by it. I That's what I heard. And again, I want it. Nick Carboni is the original person who put out that video from, I think, someone else's feed. I'm not sure exactly, but hats off to Nick Carboni for putting it out because I saw the other videos and it was hard to hear. That one was clear as day. And I, I heard what I heard. And when I heard it, because I listened to it and I went, listened to the end, I'm like, did he just say that? Like, did this just happen? I was like, come on. I can't believe no one else picked up on that. So I sent it out and I was like, this, this has got to take off. So yeah, it's interesting times. Again, Ian Rapport, thank you for um, noticing us. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You, the shit you love to see. Yeah, yeah man, it's, it, it's crazy, it, man. Open an invitation. If you want to come on the show and, and talk about the Carolina Panthers, obviously, man. Oh, you're, you're we love anytime. it. We would love it. That would be <laughs> outstanding. But yeah, this, I mean, again, it's just these little things trying to pick apart to see if you can get any little insight into who they're going to draft. You know, I'm wondering if they're sitting around a table tonight after they're they're having dinner with Bryce Young tonight. I'm wondering if they all go back to the hotel room and they're all, they all get to take their shot at Josh McCallan and what the hell he was doing with that, with that conversation. Because yeah. I'm, you know, they saw it. You know they've seen it by now. They've had to have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ian Rappaport retweeted it, so I'm sure. David Tepper ain't. Yeah, David Tepper's on Twitter, man. He's listening to that. He, oh, yeah. So, anyway, I think it's, oh, it's, it's fun, man. And we didn't even mention this yet, so let's talk about this, and we'll get into Adam Thielen here as well. And this is kind of, you know, try, literally just trying to find little bits and pieces of things and Sheena quick and we've had her on this show and hope to get her back here soon when Thomas Davis put out that stuff last night she put out a tweet and try and dropped some things that she had heard and she tweeted that Anthony Richardson's camp was told to look for condos I don't know was that the I think it was was it look or I think it was look I look yeah. for condos which like go look for an apartment or house because you're coming here. So again, it kind of feeds into that Anthony Richardson take from Thomas Davis and makes things interesting. And I do trust Sheena. I I've tweeted this before when Sheena tweets, we, we listen because there are, I mean, she's been right on a lot of things. So again, that just adds another wrinkle to this whole thing of who are they really going to take with the number one pick? Yeah, that was definitely interesting. Um, but I think after it, it, it just seems like every day there's some new little wrinkle coming out, and and now Carolina's interested in Anthony Richardson. Now they're interested in Will Levis. Now they're interested in CJ Stroud. Now it's Bryce Young. Every single day, it's going to keep doing that until draft day comes. And I don't think throughout, like I mentioned to start the episode, I don't think that their opinion is changing like that day to day. I believe they have their guy. I believe they're doing their due diligence. But at the end of the day, I think that they mostly agree on uh, a consensus one. And um, and and I think that they are just 
you know, doing what, in fact, we've been talking about the whole time, the due diligence and really taking their, their time and, and looking at the quarterbacks. But in the back of their mind, they know what guy they want. Well, what that, who do you think they want? I think it's CJ Stroud. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really do. Uh, I think that everything points to, points to CJ Stroud, in my opinion. Uh, I know that with the with the comments in the in the press conference and it you know it just seems like they're doing everything they can to make other teams feel like that they might be interested in Bryce Young in my opinion they they dropped a little hints here and there about Bryce Young about the size about uh about um Frank Reich saying that you know by the way I had a high grade on Russell Wilson don't read into that and laughing like I don't know I just feel like it is I feel like it's CJ Stroud I think that he's the safest probably uh, due to his size and his four, uh, I think that he is at worst going to be an average quarterback, and at best he can be a Joe level Burrow or a Joe Burrow level talent. Um, but I think CJ Stroud is their guy, and if if I were them, I, it would be Bryce Young for me. I don't care about the size. He's played in the SEC against NFL talent um, for two years, and he's taken hits, and he's shown that he can play uh, throughout his whole entire football career so uh in my opinion it should be Bryce Young but I'm not going to be mad at CJ Stroud because again I think CJ Stroud is going to be a good quarterback I just think Bryce Young has a, a better uh possibility of being the home run hit Patrick Mahomes style quarterback so um in my opinion I think it was CJ Stroud when they traded up and I still think it's CJ Stroud I just I don't think it's going to change it's so hard to say, man. Like I, I agree. Like just seeing how they reacted today, it's like, oh my god, it's this is so obvious. But then you've, I mean, it's happened in the past, and Daniel Jeremiah has said, I don't try to read too much into pro days anymore because he's been burned a couple times where, you know, coaches and GMs look chummy with a player and then they don't end up drafting them. So. It's so hard to say. Again, like all signs are pointing to Shroud, and I'm just a little stubborn and really want it to be Bryce Young. So I'm holding out hope. And, you know, the conversation I had with Scott Fitter to, back in November or end of October to say, you know, Bryce Young is very special. I still hold on to that and I still hold weight to that. And I think. I think he could be a really special player, but I also think, you know, Bryce Young is going to be good as well. So again, I'm still, I'm going to still hold out hope. I want to see how they, you know, react tomorrow. It's going to be interesting because, you know, you know, now they're going to be tight lipped a little bit more tight lipped than they were today from just based off of everything that's happened today. Oh, yeah. But so, Again, so, so you think that it's Bryce Young, like not that you want it to be Bryce Young. You think it is? No, I'm still holding out hope that it is. Okay. I don't. I, I think right. I mean, you'd be stupid not to think it's CJ Stroud after today. Like, yeah. I mean, literally, it was like the heart eye emojis on every every single Panthers staff member there, except which is really weird. And it and the Panthers used this as a a picture in their tweet. The Thomas Brown look at Frank Wright. They used that when it said. I don't know. They 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 pushed out something tonight, and he, that was the picture. And I'm like, that's why would I don't know why they use that. But anyway, yeah. and um, and Nicole Tepper didn't look very impressed when she was. Oh, I didn't see her. I didn't see her much at all today, to be honest. Yeah, with you. she she was standing right by David Tepper for a couple of throws that I saw, and she just had her arms crossed and kind of just a a mean looking face on. But uh, but to 
to say uh, to the Bryce Young point, um, you know, I, I saw a clip of Todd McShay recently and he was talking about the draft and and talking about a source that he has that's very high up in, in somewhere in the NFL that he talks to every year and who most of the time, like like almost every time, gets the yeah, number one. Yeah, I think he said he's correct. never gotten it wrong. Never gotten it wrong, yeah. That, that's what he said. And and he says – Todd McShay says that this short source says that it's Bryce Young for Carolina, and it always has been. So, you know, may, maybe I – Maybe they do the ultimate smokescreen and they've tricked everybody into thinking that it's CJ Stroud and they go with Bryce Young. But uh, if if Todd McShay's uh, source is correct again and he and he continues to never miss, then they they have successfully done that. And maybe I have my idea of how bad they are at smokescreening all wrong. So, well, and I'll say this: I mean, if it, if Josh McCown was the head coach, it would be CJ Stroud three days ago. Like that guy loves him. It's. That that is very clear, and it was clear in the breakdown prior to him even being tied to this team, and it's clear, really today, and how chummy he was with C.J. Stroud. You know, who knows? Maybe it's one of those things where Frank likes, like, hey, you know, the Colts really wanted Stroud. I mean, when was he fired? Because I wonder if they had conversations pre him being fired. You know, about the draft coming up for the preview or for the next season. Was he fired in November or was it October? But anyway, I mean, there could have been some conversations, and maybe it's like, hey, you know, the Colts really want this guy. Let's see if they trade up. And but again, we don't know. I mean, it's just it's just picking straws at this point. But yeah, I mean, I think. All indications from today and, you know, just previous reports and everyone tying Stroud to the team. It's looking like him. But I'm going to hold out hope that, you know, they're going to be enamored with Bryce Young tomorrow. So They will be. I mean, it's the first time that he's thrown or, uh, you know, he didn't throw at the combine. And uh, uh, tomorrow will be the first day that he's thrown for uh, NFL. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, you watch tape and all that, and you played in college, but for NFL, you know, coaches and GMs and scouts um, directly for them. So it, it'll be interesting, and he'll get weighed again, I think. See if he's still around 200, which will be good. I t- I tweeted something today that CJ Stroud weighed in at 213, and Bryce Young weighed in at 204 at the combine. So CJ Stroud's nine pounds heavier. Like we're, we're talking about size. I, you know, I get the height part, but. He's nine pounds heavier. Is nine pounds going to make that much of a difference when you're getting hit by a 350-pound defensive lineman? No, it's not. So uh, we're, we're talking about size, and, yes, C.J. Stroud does have a, a bigger stature. But, you know, I, I think that the whole size thing is blown out of proportion uh, in regards to Bryce Young and, and his ability to play football. So um, I think tomorrow is going to be an important day for Carolina, and, and maybe some hints get dropped. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're a little more tight-lipped. Like you, like you said, but uh, it's it's going to be exciting to at least just see him throw for uh, these these NFL organizations. Well, and it, you know, you you mentioned the the stature thing, and everything gets blown out of proportion. It seems like every year there's something. Yeah, last year it was Kenny Pickett and his hand size. Did they talk about Kenny Pickett Pickett and his fumbling issues with the Steelers this past season? Not at all. Not at all. And that was. That was a concern going in. So again, you're always going to get that. There's always going to be something. And, and and another one that everyone has jumped on the bandwagon from, and 
you kind of see Frank Wright trying to deflect that a little bit in his press conferences this week. And again, I tend to agree because no one has come out and said that, you know, sourcing that Frank Reich loves this guy and wants him is they're basing it off of his history of the quarterbacks with the Colts. Frank Reich's never drafted a guy in Indianapolis. He's had a bunch of free agents and I get it. Carson Wentz, I'm sure he had a say in and bringing some of these guys in, obviously, but you can't always just tie that to it. And I think he was trying to make that point this week because there's a lot of people out there that tend to just tie C.J. Stroud to him because he's a taller quarterback. So you got to take that into consideration because I think it, it starts with one tweet from a you know a, a, a massive, you know a, a big reporter like an Ian Rappaport or a Schefter or a Tom Pilicero or whoever you want to put that name on, and they say, look at Frank Reich's past quarterbacks. He's got it. It must be C.J. Stroud. So I think. Sometimes you gotta you gotta take that out of the equation a little bit as well, because I think that gets taken off. But again, I mean, you look at it today, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see Carolina was all smiles today at CJ Stroud's Pro Day. So we'll see. I mean, it's they might already be starting to print out the Stroud jerseys here. We'll see what he takes. If if it is him, if it's if he's going with seven or eleven. I mean, we'll talk we'll have all those conversations <laughs> coming up as we get close to the draft. But let's talk about Adam Adam Thielen quickly because we didn't get a chance. He signed with the team. Was it this week? Was it the start of this week or the weekend? I can't remember. Sunday maybe? Was it Sunday? It was Sunday, yeah. So, yeah, Adam Thielen is a Carolina Panther now. So the Panthers adding a veteran wide receiver to the room, which I think is necessary. A guy who's obviously not what he was when he came into Minnesota, but I still touchdown machine. He's had a lot of touchdowns over the past couple of years, even, you know, despite having that all-star of a wide receiver in Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. Guy's a freak. And for him, for Thielen to put up the touchdowns he did these last couple of years, I was shocked at that number. I was like, holy shit. Um Really just stunned because I mean, when you have a guy like Jefferson, you'd I feel I would feel like he'd be taking all of those away. But again, I mean, Kirk Cousin was spreading the ball around and Adam Thieland that he's lost a step, there's no doubt about it. But I think he's gonna be good for this team and he's a good route runner. And I think, you know, Scott Fitter talked about that and pointed to that that, you know, this guy you worry about his receiver that age if he's a burner, but you know, he's he's got some skills in his his uh, some tools in his toolbox to you know make up for some of those things and just his route running so i'm excited for it yeah i think he was like top 10 last season in in route win uh stacked uh according to pro football focus so you know i think he ran approximately i can't remember the exact number but he had he was top 10 in the amount of uh, route wins that he had in beating the corner that was guarding him so he still got the route running ability he's a he's a technician uh really good at that and i think that will be a great addition in carolina probably you know he's not going to be beating anybody deep taking the top off the defense at this point in his career but uh, a veteran leader he was the captain in minnesota he'll probably be a captain in carolina uh, a good voice in the locker room to have, you know, from all signs, from reports in Minnesota. He was a great locker room guy and a good guy to have in the community. So um, <clears throat> a young wide receiver room other than him. Uh, I still think they add another one. Hopefully DJ Shark news comes out 
sooner than later. Uh, I think that that would be a good addition to this wide receiver room as well. And then I'll, and then I think adding a, a wide receiver to the draft too, I don't think would hurt the room at all. So uh, Thielen will definitely be the veteran presence in the room and, uh, and, and really I think help a lot of guys that are struggling with route running in, uh, in particular in this league. So uh, a great addition, three-year contract. I think it's essentially a two-year with uh, a Panther uh, team option for the third year. And uh, the, the, Cap hit this season was, I think, around three million. So, uh, Samir Suleiman's doing some some magic with with the cap and uh, with the players that they've signed. So they still have room to to make a couple moves, like I mentioned. And I think that they do add another uh, wide receiver to this room. Yeah, and Chark, I was I was hoping Hardman was going to be a Panther at some point, but it looks like he's going to the Jets, and then that trade sparked something to Cleveland and. And then, but by the way, did you see that tweet today when it first got put out about Hardman? Mm-mm. Fowler said he was going to the Jets, and then said this, would, and then added in the tweet, "This is going to be a great addition to Cleveland." I'm like, and then obviously you had the trade, so it kind of made sense in the end. But when he, that, I mean, no one knew about the trade, but he initially tweeted out, "People were like, did he go to Cleveland or did he go to J- the New York Jets?" <laughs> So that was really confused. I was so confused by that when he first put it out. But yeah, I was hoping hard. I like Hardman. I really do. I was hoping. Yeah, I do too. But again, I think Chark is if he can stay healthy, he's I mean, he'd be a good addition too. And I I mean, I think they still need to add another wide receiver in the draft as well. But I think that would help out a little bit. I wanted to mention this since I watched it last night. I haven't even talked about it because we there's so much else to talk about. But I watched C.J. Stroud's game last night against Penn State this year. I think it was maybe October. I don't know. I think maybe teams were both undefeated at the time. I'm trying to remember. But anyway, I was watching that game of his. Um, I mean, the guy, he pl- he played at a high level. He had some really good plays in that game. Um, one of note that I didn't like, it was before half, six seconds left. They had no timeouts, and Penn State sent a blitz, and Stroud. I, I some of the first off, some of the route running by Ohio State, or the uh, not the route running, the play calls by Ohio State in that game were questionable, just on offense. But they had some weird play drawn up. They were in, it was in the goal line. They were about to score six seconds left in the half. Blitz comes off the side, no one's open, and Stroud got sacked and he fumbled, and it took points off the board. Which I mean, in the NFL, you it can't have happen. Like that can't happen. So that was a, a rememberable play for me, or a memorable play. Uh, another one though, late in the game, it was a. I think it was a. It was either tied or it was a, a field goal score game, something like that. And I don't know. Ohio State made a a ballsy ass call. They called. It was. I mean, they they should have just run the clock out. And the commentators were saying that. And they ran a freaking go route, I think, up the seam with, I don't know if it was a tight end or a wide receiver, and Stroud just threw it perfectly in the guy's freaking hands. Per, I mean, you couldn't throw it any better, and it sealed the game. So he he made so many good plays in that game. But there's just just a couple of things I want to note since I watched it and spent some time with it. Um, but go check that one out. That's a good one. And as we get closer to the draft, I'm sure we'll be talking more and more about Stroud and Young and Richardson. 
And of course, we're going to the draft. So look for all of our content there as well. Shameless plug of you know what we're doing and what we're covering. And it's an exciting time. Stay tuned to Twitter. And we got Bryce Young's Pro Day coming up tomorrow. And it'll actually be today when you hear this podcast. So lots of good stuff. We just want to thank everyone for tuning in to Panthers on Tap. You can catch our episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 